Joe Biden is not taking Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine lying down. No siree. Yesterday, he got some staff member to prop him up. And in that brief spurt of relative vigor and lucidity, he promised to rebuke Putin, push him away from Ukraine. He sent a warning to the Russian leader. There is still time to avert the worst case scenario that will bring untold suffering to millions of people if they move as suggested. The United States and our allies and partners remain open to diplomacy if it is serious. When all is said and done, we're going to judge Russia by its actions, not its words. And whatever Russia does next, we're ready to respond with unity, clarity, and conviction. We'll probably have more to say about this as it moves on. I'm hoping diplomacy is still available. Thank you all very much. Unity, clarity, and conviction. Joe Biden, one of the most divisive presidents in American history, a man who accused Mitt Romney of trying to put black people back in chains, a man who just recently called half of the country neo-Nazis, he is going to unite the world. Uh, Joe Biden, a man who has not spoken a proper English sentence since the Bush administration, doddering old Joe Biden is going to bring the world together through the clarity of his soaring logic and rhetoric. Joe Biden, a man who has reversed every single one of his most cherished beliefs the moment that they became politically inconvenient. Joe Biden, the physical incarnation of an empty suit. Joe Biden is going to lead the world on the clarity of his convictions. If I were Ukraine, I would start rallying the troops. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday comes from M Account, who says, I have no problem drafting women into war so long as they are the kind of Wimixen with maidenly Adam's apples winning these swim races. I agree. Those women can be drafted. That way we will have true equality and we will still only have men uh, fighting our wars and being uh, slayed by the forces of Russia that are actually aggressing because they actually have a much more serious country, unfortunately, than we do right now. One of the reasons that we don't have a terribly serious country is because we don't really make anything anymore and we, we outsource all the stuff that we need. Well, one good way to consume wonderful American products, good ranchers. Go to goodranchers.com slash Knowles right now. Do it right now. You are going to thank me later. I love these guys, okay? I am something of a meat aficionado, all right? I, I eat red meat almost every single day. I know it's not going to be good. I'm probably going to get gout you know, any day now, but I love it. And I've got very exacting standards. Good Ranchers has phenomenal meat. It's By the way, it's not just red meat either. I had their chicken the other night, grilled it up. The chicken is magnificent. They've got lots of different seasonings and things. Uh, and then the beef is just wonderful. The steaks are great. The hamburgers are great. I've got a freezer full of this stuff. It's 100% American meat. So not only is it delicious, but unlike that meat you're getting in the grocery store, this meat is actually supporting American ranchers. Okay. And it's also supporting this show. So if you like this show, it's, it's not, uh, it's not easy for advertisers always to support conservative podcasts and conservative causes. So I really give these guys a lot of credit. They are supporting good old-fashioned American values, and they have an amazing product to boot. Head on over to goodranchers.com slash Knowles today. Uh, they've got a, a whole bunch of different subscriptions you can get, a whole bunch of different boxes you can order one off. Right now, if you use code Knowles, you can get 30 bucks off your box. Now is the time. Go head over to goodranchers.com slash Knowles today. You will thank me later. Joe Biden is the, the last political hope for peace on earth. Goodness gracious. You remember, I talked about this yesterday on the show. Vladimir Putin gave a speech a couple of days ago in which he laid out the rationale for war in Ukraine. The historical rationale, the political Ukraine, situation in Ukraine, and the security concerns for Russia. He may have told some lies, he may have made up some history, but he was clear, he was forceful, he was persuasive, because he's a statesman with all of his wits about him. Yesterday, Joe Biden gave, I guess, sort of, kind of a speech, and the part you just heard, that was probably the clearest part of the speech. The rest of it was just 
hammering and wandering and nothing particularly specific and nothing persuasive at all. Yesterday, the world heard clearly the full extent of Vladimir Putin's twisted rewrite of history, going back more than a century as he waxed eloquently, noting that, well, I'm not going to go into it, but nothing in Putin's lengthy remarks indicate any interest in pursuing real dialogue. Yesterday, Vladimir, and he's, what did he do? He, well, it doesn't matter what he did. He, uh, but he's going to do, he's going to, and we're going to stop him because of our unity, clarity, and conviction. Are you? I don't. If I were Vladimir Putin, I would be champing at the bit to move not just into those breakaway regions of Ukraine, but all the way up to Kiev. We pointed it out yesterday. Donald Trump is the only president of the last four on whose watch Vladimir Putin didn't invade a sovereign country. Why is that? Why is that? I asked this question to liberals and the best answer they could muster is, well, they were, they were already getting everything they wanted from Trump. What were they getting? What did they get from Trump? Tougher sanctions than any of the other presidents? Land, they didn't get any land. They, what, what did they get? Uh, the pipeline that they're, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline? No, that, that was halted under Trump. What did they get? They didn't get anything. I was on C-SPAN maybe a month or so ago and some lunatic left-wing caller claimed that Donald Trump was Trump's puppet. I said, how, how was, or <laughs> Donald Trump was Trump's puppet. Donald Trump was Vladimir Putin's puppet. I said, how is that the case? What did he do? And the caller stammered and then hung up because there was no answer. So the left has nothing here. The, the reason is clear. It's not, I'm, I'm not, you don't even need to believe that Donald Trump is the greatest statesman in the history of the world to know this. Trump was strong and unpredictable. Those are two things you want to be in foreign policy. Vladimir Putin, he wasn't 100% certain that if he invaded Ukraine that, that Trump would send in the 101st Airborne, but he didn't know. He didn't know Trump is kind of a madman, right? Trump is the guy who calls little rocket man short and fat in Korea, right? Trump is the guy who calls off certain missile strikes and then blows up some other places, and you just don't know. So Vladimir Putin didn't want to take the chance. With Biden, he knows nothing's going to happen. And so Russia has authorized the use of military force. The Russian Duma has unanimously authorized Putin to use military force in Ukraine. Putin has given the order. The first troops have already moved in. They have moved in. You got to give, you got to give the guy credit. He might be an evil mastermind, but you got to give him credit. He has sent in peacekeeping forces to the sovereign country that he's invading. He says, hey, listen, we got to watch out. We got to make sure things don't get out of hand here. You, did you hear those Russians want to invade? So we're going to send in the Russian peacekeeping forces to make sure that the people don't invade your country. Wait a second. So they're doing that. Biden is issuing some sanctions. Germany is saber rattling a little bit about that pipeline that, that has become so central to our political debates over what Russia does, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline that would cut Ukraine out as the middleman and getting gas to Europe and oil to Europe. And therefore, Vladimir Putin now has no reason not to invade. So, okay, people are making some moves, but all in all, Putin's plan is going along just fine. Why is this? I actually think that Jen Psaki gave us the answer as to why America and the West seem so impotent right now. She gave the answer yesterday in an unrelated question on an unrelated podcast. She was on Rob Lowe's podcast and she explained that what got her back into politics was binge watching the West Wing. I was working as consulting firm and the 2012 uh, midterms were starting and I had worked for former President Obama on the campaign and in the first term and I kind of was just exhausted as happens, right? As a human being. Yeah. And so I'm working as consulting firm and I start watching the West Wing and I don't know what prompted me to watch it, but I watched, I binged, you know, the entire thing uh, while I was at this consulting firm and I would do, I'd be working on decks, which is like the worst thing I've ever done in a job where you're kind of editing, (laughs) I mean, it's editing PowerPoints basically. Yes. And I would watch episodes of The West Wing. Um, and it, it, you know, in a crazy way, it really brought me back to come back to politics. And I ended wow. up coming back and doing the 2012 campaign and traveling with then President Obama on his reelection. Watching this extremely overrated Aaron Sorkin soap opera from the 90s is what got the press secretary to the president of the United States back into politics. And she's not the only one. She is not. I remember 
back when I used to work on campaigns, back in school, back when I was with all, all the young politicos of all different stripes, the Democrats and exclusively the Democrats would go on and on about the West Wing. Oh, the West Wing. Oh, it's, it's inspired a generation of young, politically minded people. I had no idea what they were talking about because the West Wing is an extremely liberal show written by an extremely liberal writer. I am so happy to say that I have never watched even one minute of one episode of the West Wing. I just never did. It would come on, I'd turn the channel when I was 10 years old and I haven't watched it since. But the libs really love that show. And now they're saying that that show is what got them into politics. What, what this phenomenon is called is hyper-reality. You might recall many months ago, I had a guy named Wokal Distance on this show. Wokal Distance, very interesting guy. And he's a big fan of this writer, Charles Baudelaire. Uh, no, Baudrillard, not Baudelaire. Baudelaire is the guy who says that uh, Satan's finest trick is convincing people that he doesn't exist. Baudrillard is the hyper-reality guy. And what he means by hyper-reality, Wokal Distance gave this analogy, is that you start out and you pick a strawberry off a bush and you eat the strawberry and you say, wow, I like that strawberry. And then you eat strawberry jam. Someone takes the strawberry, condenses it, right, makes it the most strawberry-y it can be, and then you eat the strawberry jam. And then many centuries later, someone comes along and says, wow, the strawberry jam's so good, I'm going to make uh, a strawberry candy. Okay, now you, so it's even more that strawberry, the essence of the essence of the essence of the strawberry. And then someone comes along, they eat the strawberry candy, they say, you know what would be great? I wish I had a strawberry soda. So you take the strawberry candy, you somehow make it even sweeter. You get the strawberry soda, then you make maybe a strawberry slurpy slushy, it's even sweeter than that. And then eventually, if you've only grown up on the strawberry slurpy, if you, if you eat an actual strawberry, you'll have no idea what it is. Because the strawberry slurpy doesn't taste like a strawberry. It tastes like a strawberry candy. It's, it's been so removed. This is, this is what Baudrillard would call hyper-reality. Our politics today is a hyper-reality. It's a politics about a fiction, about a fiction, about a fiction, about a fiction, about a fiction of political reality. And that might help to explain why we in the West are absolutely having our lunch eaten by our enemies on the political scene. You know, if you don't want to have your lunch eaten when we're talking about your own home, your own personal financing, I would strongly recommend you check out American Financing. Head on over to American Financing today. Why? So you don't throw money out the window. Mortgage rates have been all over the place lately. They are still extremely competitive. You need to take advantage of them before they are gone. It's as easy as a 10-minute call to American Financing. That's America's home for home loans. You can take advantage of a free mortgage review. You can learn about ways to save up to $1,000 per month. That's just money right now that you're throwing out, that you've given to the bank for no reason whatsoever. They can help you solve this. They're helping people save that kind of money right now without starting terms over. You should not pay interest on years that you don't need. Instead, ask about custom options. They can write any loan term 10 years and over, but only if it helps you. The way to do it right now to take advantage of this is call 800-685-5696. That number is 800-685-5696. Or if you're a millennial like me, you probably go to the web, AmericanFinancing.net, NMLS 182334, it actually matters that Jen Psaki says that she got into politics because of the West Wing, because it explains why these libs are so bad at politics, particularly, forget about the domestic sphere for a second, particularly when you're looking at the West versus our enemies. Right? Another example of hyper-reality would be Bruce Jenner, would be transgenderism generally. You've got now a uh, the, the simulacrum of a simulacrum of a simulacrum of a woman. A transvestite, a drag, a drag queen, is not an imitation of a woman. A drag queen is an imitation of an obscene caricature of a woman. But you, if you look at a drag queen and a woman, you can, you can tell there's a big difference between the two. If you look at a drag queen and a cartoon of a woman, they're, they're closer because it's so far removed. That's where our politics is. When Jen Psaki gives her little sassy press conferences, why don't they work? 
You know she gets, she comes in, she's got that slam on Peter Ducey, and she sounds super arrogant and condescending and glib. And I find it very off-putting, and a lot of Americans find it very off-putting, but she keeps doing it. Why? Because she thinks she's in a Sorkin script. She thinks she's in an episode of The West Wing, but real life doesn't work like TV soap operas. Okay, and so she's going to come out, and she's going to have some big zinger at Vladimir Putin, and then we're at minute 19 of the episode, and Putin's going to pull the forces out of Donbass, right, out of Ukraine. Is that what's going to happen? No, that's what would happen on the TV show, but real life is not a TV show. It's really sad. It is, a, it is a problem that has been strongly encouraged by our media. That's why there's great news coming out of the media right now, which is that Kyle Rittenhouse, the alleged white supremacist, terrorist, worst man in America, remember Joe Biden called him a white supremacist in his campaign ad. Well, Kyle Rittenhouse, who in reality is a teenager who defended himself against Antifa thugs, who was then exonerated in court, Kyle Rittenhouse is launching something called the Media Accountability Project to hold the mainstream legacy establishment, call it what you want, media to account for their lies. Me and my team have decided to launch the Media Accountability Project as a tool to help fundraise and hold the media accountable for the lies they said and deal with them in court. Interesting. So the idea is... It, uh, maybe like the Covington Catholic kids, you will be suing news organizations that maliciously lie about people who are in the news? Is, is that the plan? Yes, sir. We're going to be holding them accountable, Tucker. Do you, exp I mean, I, I guess I have to ask a kind of a dumb question, but you know, why isn't there a group like this that exists already since the media so often are not observers, they're players, they're participants in the news? Why hasn't someone done this before? That's a good question, Tucker, and I'm not sure, to be honest, but I don't want to see anybody else have to deal with what I went through, so I want to hold them accountable for what they did to me because I don't want to see anybody have to go through what I went through. This is great. I really applaud Kyle Rittenhouse. As a historical matter, this actually has been done before, and not a lot of people remember this, but the people who did it, is us, we, not the Daily Wire, but the organization that existed just before the Daily Wire. It was kind of the precursor organization. It was called Truth Revolt. It was, I didn't even work for Truth Revolt directly. I was, I was friends with the guys when they did it, but it was Ben and Jeremy and Drew actually uh, had this company called Truth Revolt. And it was not just a media outlet that would produce videos and commentary and news articles. They would actively go after media figures who were spreading lies, who were, who were pushing a radical leftist agenda. And, and they, they, they were sort of like a media matters for the right. And it existed for a while. Then it sort of morphed into the Daily Wire and, and the rest is history. But it's really important. I'm glad that an organization like this now exists. Rittenhouse is absolutely right. The reason is there is no such thing as freedom of the press in America. There is no free press in America. You, we hear the hand-wringing and the pearl-clutching and the Sorkin-watching liberals. They say, no, freedom of the press. We're, the journalists are under attack. It's not, we don't have freedom of the press. And the reason we don't have freedom of the press is, frankly, because of our press and because of our technology apparatus and because of our government working in tandem with these private corporations. Uh, you want you want an example of this? I'll give you an example. It's, no one has picked up on this, but I saw it yesterday. So there's a story, horrible story about this child molester who uh, he's he was a couple of weeks before his 18th birthday. He attacked and molested a 10 year old girl. He is now 26 years old. He's finally being held to account for his crime, but because of LA's extremely leftist district attorney, a George Soros installed attorney named George Gascon, the guy the 26-year-old male child molester is going to serve his sentence with a bunch of little girls because after he got arrested, this pervert decided to start identifying as a woman. And he's laughing about this. He's boasting about this. He, he, there was just a phone call he had with his father where he laughed that he wasn't going to get a, a difficult sentence. And he, now he's identifying as a woman. And because of Gascon's insane policies, he won't be serving his sentence with adults. He's going to be serving them with little girls like his victims. Ha ha ha. How funny. And so I read a report on this in, the Fo in Fox News. Here is what Fox wrote. In a phone call, Tubbs boasted that nothing would happen to her after she pleaded guilty to, 
to Democrat District Attorney George Gascon's policies and laughed that she won't have to go back to prison or register as a sex offender. She also made explicit remarks about the victim that are unfit to print. Hold on, what? Wait, she, who's she, Fox News? She is, oh, she refers to the male child molester who attacked this little girl. Wait, hold on. Why are you calling him her? Why are you referring to someone who should go by he as she? Aren't you Fox News? Aren't you supposed to, you're supposed to at least be the right wing outlet and now you're using the preferred pronouns of this pervert child molester who's, by the way, doesn't even really think that he's a woman. He's just identifying as a woman to get a lighter sentence and he's boasting about this. Why are you Fox News doing it? I'm not just throwing shade at Fox News. I'm, I'm really not. I know exactly why Fox News is doing it. Fox News is doing this because they know that if they refer to this man as an actual man, as he is, that then the fact-checking websites and all of the other leftist organizations that work with Facebook and work with social media companies and work with Google to determine where your news articles show up in the algorithm on social media and in the search engines, they're going to attack Fox News and they're going to rate Fox News lower and then Fox is going to get fewer clicks. I have seen it happen. Anyone who works in media has seen it happen. It's one of the little known facts about the way our media operate. But be, be, if the media companies, even right-wing media companies, don't play ball in some way with these people, their websites will effectively disappear from the internet. That's, that's freedom of the press for you. This is why, by the way, when you were reading the coverage about the crack pipe policy at, at the White House just a week or two ago, this is why the coverage changed really quickly. And then all of a sudden it kind of disappeared from the news because the fact-checking websites decided that, yeah, sure, Joe Biden had this policy where he was giving out crack pipes. He was giving out safe smoking kits and safe smoking kits and harm reduction kits, they do, generally speaking, include crack pipes. It just makes sense. How could it be a smoking kit if it didn't include something through which you can smoke? And yeah, the Department of Homeland or the, of, of Health and Human Services didn't deny that the kits included crack pipes. They just said that in the future they won't. And then the White House came out and they, they did deny it, but then they got rid of the policy anyway. And okay, anyway, false, 10,000 Pinocchios. If you report on Joe Biden's crack pipes, you're a liar, you're spreading fake news, and your articles aren't going to show up in the search engines. And what happened? The news articles disappeared. Gaslighting before our very eyes. That's freedom of the press in America. You know, freedom of the press in America is when the New York Post gets Hunter Biden's laptop, speaking of crack pipes, and, and discovers that Hunter Biden has a ton of shady deals, not just a bunch of weird sex stuff going on all over the world, but a ton of extremely corrupt business dealings with countries like Ukraine, by the way. So this is going to be very crucial to American foreign policy. Oh, whoopsie daisy, you can't share the news report. It's fake news. The laptop's probably hacked. Or, oh, it's not hacked. Okay, well, whoopsie daisy, whatever. Never mind. You can't share it. Not only can you not post it, you can't even message it privately to your friends. That's freedom of the press in America. We do not have freedom of the press in America. What? So ever. Good job, Mr. Rittenhouse. I hope you take these dirt bags down. The reason that we need a media accountability project, by the way, is so that we can get to something even vaguely resembling freedom of the press in America. The reason that we need to take the New York Times down, the reason that we need to take e the, the arbiters of what news you're even allowed to read, like big tech, down, is so that we can have freedom of the press in America. So great job. I hope, I hope Rittenhouse wins major journalist awards for defending the free press, because that's exactly that's exactly what he's doing. The left is getting so aggressive here. Not only are they trying to shut us up, not only are they trying to prevent us from sharing any stories that are critical of their regime. Now, if you look up at America's hat, our neighbors to the north, they're trying to steal the property of political dissidents. Now, when you want to get property at a really important property at a really good price, I would strongly recommend you check out rockauto.com. Whatever part you need for your car or truck, go to rockauto.com right now in the how did you hear about us box, right in Knowles so that they know that we sent you. Uh, rockauto.com has been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. The website is so easy to navigate. Even I can do it. What I really appreciate about Rock Auto, other than making it very simple to shop for auto parts, is they don't have a ton of gimmicks. It's not like you need to log in 
Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. and they're going to have a 15% off sale, but only until 11. And then it's not as though it's it's different prices for pros and do-it-yourselfers. No, it's very simple. Same prices for everyone, reliably low, super easy, saves you time, saves you a ton of money. They have the parts. They've got availability, unlike the brick and mortar store. They've got the parts there for you right now. Go to rockauto.com. You're going to see a little, how did you hear about us box? Type in Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, just to say you appreciate them for supporting the show, because I certainly appreciate them for supporting the show, and I appreciate you for going over to rockauto.com. You're going to love it. It's going to make it a lot easier to fix up your car or truck. Head on over to rockauto.com now. The Canadians beat the truckers, eventually. The truckers lasted a very long time, but... Finally, Justin Castro and the rest of the Canadians got the truckers to go away. One way they did it was they sent in a bunch of cops to beat up the protesters, to take their property, to send them home. Now, the mayor of Ottawa is calling for keeping all of that property. You remember the Trudeau government invoked the Emergencies Act, which allowed them effectively to suspend the rule of law in Canada. They could go in, they could stop peaceful assembly, they could take property, they could force other people to use their property to help the government. So now the Canadian government has a lot of these protesters' property, their trucks, to say nothing of their other property. And the mayor of Ottawa suggests the government just keep it. This is costing a small fortune for the taxpayers of Ottawa. And that's one of the reasons why, under the emergency, Act. I've asked our solicitor and our city manager, how can we keep the tow trucks and the campers and the vans and everything else that we've confiscated and sell those uh, pieces of equipment uh, to help recoup some of the costs that our taxpayers are absorbing? So that's one of the provisions of the Emergency Act. And we have been a beneficiary of the Emergency Act. As they debated on the Hill, I asked the, the members of Parliament to consider. Uh, it's helped us a lot on things like confiscating vehicles not having to swear in peace officers to the RCMP, uh, and so many other things that have been very helpful over the course of this period. So this is just outright theft. I don't, I don't think that even the libs are going to pretend that there's some grand principle here anymore. If you look at what's going on in Canada, it's very simple. They suspended the rule of law, they beat up protesters, and they took their stuff. That's what they did. And what are you going to do about it? Nothing. Because they've got the power and they're ruling and tough luck. What we're seeing now is a decay of politics from even the semblance of a principled, logical, rational endeavor right down to the old norm of politics. Friend versus enemy. Us versus them. BLM burns down a bunch of stuff, stops up a bunch of streets, causes all sorts of mayhem kills people, that's fine. That's a mostly peaceful protest. They get to keep their property. They get to keep their freedom. No suspension of the rule of law. A bunch of truckers start honking because they don't want to take an experimental drug for a virus that doesn't pose a grave threat to them. We need to ruin their lives. We basically need to lock them up in Gitmo. Short of that, we're going to take their stuff, throw them in jail, beat them up. No mercy for the truckers. BLM and Antifa terrorists, they can do whatever they want. They're wonderful. They're great patriots. Truckers waving the Canadian flag? Nope, they got to go. They're evil. They're neo-Nazis. They're the worst people on earth. There's no principle here. It's just friend versus enemy. It's just old power politics group interest. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Not only are people not going to stop the government from doing this, but even here in America, a lot of people are applauding the government's actions. There's a poll that just came out. This is really spooky. From Trafalgar Group shows that while most Americans disagree with Justin Trudeau's handling of the Canadian Freedom Convoy, most Democrats support the crackdown. According to the poll, 55.3% of, of total respondents disapproved compared to only 35.1% who approved of what Trudeau did. But there's a huge partisan divide. 65.7% of Democrats approve. You got 74, 75% of independents disapprove, 87 of Republicans disapprove, but 65.7% of Democrats approve. 
Now you might say, okay, good. Well, that means that, that this kind of thing is not going to come to America. This kind of crackdown, this kind of suspension of the rule of law is not going to come to America because the majority of Americans disapprove. Yeah, but you're forgetting something. The political parties are not created equal. The Democrats are the ruling political party. The Democrats have all the institutions of power. They've got the media, they've got the schools, they've got Hollywood, they've got big tech, they've got the corporations, they've got the bureaucracy, which is effectively our government most of the time. And they even have the elected government right now. They might not come November, but right now they've got unified elected government. So they've got all the power. Yeah, maybe the Democrats have a, a minority view here on this issue. But because they've got all of the institutional power, if you think that the Freedom Convoy crackdown that we saw up in America's hat can't come to America, you've probably been smoking that good Joe Biden crack. I don't know that you've probably had your head turned and turned to mush because that absolutely can happen here. Vladimir Putin was talking about the Bolsheviks during his speech on rewriting the history of Ukraine. And he focused a lot on the Bolsheviks because of how politically effective he said they were. Don't forget, the Bolsheviks were a small minority. They were a small political minority who completely upended the political system of Russia. You do not need a majority. This is an important lesson of history. You do not need a majority to change the political order of a country. In fact, it is very rare that a majority will change the political course of a country. It's usually a very small, very energetic minority, particularly one that can can gain institutional power as we are seeing with the left right now. Could it happen here? Or could we have a crackdown here? It's already happening here. Okay. We've got the state of the union coming up where Joe Biden is going to, I don't know, he's going to get a few energy shots. They're going to prop him up like weekend at Bernie's and he's going to mumble his way through the state of the union. And he's going to gaslight all of us and tell us, no, the, the gas isn't very expensive and the inflation isn't historic and the Putin's not invading other countries and, and it's really good. It's all good. Anything bad is Trump's fault, but it's really, everything's great. So we're preparing for all of that, but we're not going to be able to get anywhere close to the Capitol because that Capitol fence is going right back up. That right now, the uh, security officials around the Capitol will reinstall the fence that we saw in February, March, April of last year because of security concerns. They're worried about, they're worried about you. They're worried about the insurrectionists, the terrorists, the, the rioters, the terrible January 6th people are going to show back up, right? And there's no end to this. There's no end. For the Democrats, there is always an insurrection around the corner. Very often, it's a real insurrection, and it's their own guys called BLM and Antifa. That doesn't matter. They'll ignore that. But, f- but f- for the ruling class of this, of this country right now, there's always a grave threat. And so you've got to put the fences back up. You've got to take away people's rights. You've got to lock them down at least a little bit. You've got to keep them away from the levers of power. It's already happening here. You might call it Putin-esque. You know... When, when I want to try to get around all this awful censorship we're seeing, when I, when I want to try to get around what, what's happening in our political system with the suppression of dissent, one great way to do it and to get your message out is constant contact. I have used constant contact for over 10 years. I have used constant contact since, really, I guess since I was in college. Political campaigns, nonprofits, small businesses, it is this phenomenal digital marketing platform that helps all of these organizations of all sizes build, grow, and succeed. With email marketing, they've got contact management, they've got industry-leading list growth tools, social media ads, and more. Constant Contact helps small businesses connect with customers, find new ones, and sell online, all from an easy-to-use platform. They've got a 97% deliverability rate, so you can rest assured that your customers and your potential customers are getting the right message every single time. The platform is extremely easy to use. I told you I've been using this since my very first jobs, and when I didn't know anything about marketing or these digital tools, it's really, really simple. Anyone can use it. They've got thousands of integrations. You can sync Constant Contact's tools with the tools you are already using to start your free digital marketing trial today. Head on over to constantcontact.com. We got a ton of new content coming up at the Daily Wire. We've got a great new series on the enemy within that is coming up with the acclaimed journalist Lee Smith. The second episode is going to be going deeper into Biden's ties to Chinese business, not just Joe Biden, but his family, his crooked brother, his crooked kid. Uh, This is a really important documentary. Definitely go check it out. 
Uh, and actually, you can check it out right now. Take a listen to this trailer. What if everything we think we know about our leaders, our society, and our relations with the rest of the world is wrong? America is facing two major challenges. One is the Chinese Communist Party. However, the most significant threat comes from within. You're trying to obscure responsibility for four million people dying around the world. Okay. Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about. We've already seen evidence of how the elites want to run the United States. They're modeling themselves after Chinese autocracy. For over a decade, the People's Republic of China has stood publicly accused of acts of cruelty and wickedness that match the cruelty and wickedness of medieval torturers and executioners. As her driver for 20 years. We're not talking about one person infiltrating senior levels at the CIA or the White House. We're talking about an entire elite class throughout the political, corporate, academic, cultural, and media establishment. My name is Lee Smith. I've been a journalist for more than 30 years. This is the most astonishing espionage and infiltration operation in history. What you're going to see in this series will shock you. This is The Enemy Within. Get ready for The Enemy Within. It's terrific. Go check it out. Also, if you want to have a cup of coffee with Ben Shapiro, you can't. He doesn't do that. He's a very busy man and he doesn't like going to large social gatherings all of the time. But you can be a fly on the wall. Ben is sitting down on his new show, The Search, with his friend, the wonderful historian, Neil Ferguson. Uh, they will be chatting about all sorts of things in a relaxed, casual environment. And you can be there if you're a Daily Wire subscriber. This is exclusive to Daily Wire members. So head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe. We will be right back with a lot more. We've got breaking news from white supremacy. You know, I think we need to have our daily white supremacy update. So pervasive is the white supremacy in America. Here's the latest from white supremacy. A professor at SUNY Binghamton, very well-known, very well-respected state college in New York. Uh, this woman, Anna Maria Candela, is uh, giving priority to any student who is not white in her class. She, if you're white, she doesn't want to hear from your stupid, privileged cracker mouth. Keep it shut. She wants to hear from the other students because of how privileged the white people are, you see. Her course, Social Change, Introduction to Sociology, reads this on the syllabus. We practice progressive stacking when calling on people participating class discussions. I guess grammar is not her strong suit. Uh, she probably means people to participate. Okay. Per progressive stacking. I love all of these lib slogans. I don't like, what does that mean? It sounds good, I guess. It's, pro, it's progressive. I like that. Pro, you know, look, it's just progressive stack. What does progressive stacking mean? It, it means you don't call on the white kids. That's what it means. She says, this means we try to give priority to non-white folks, to women, and to shy and quiet people who rarely raise their hands. It also means that if you are white male, or someone privileged by the racial and gender structures of our society, to have your voice easily voiced and heard, have your voice voiced, you get your, this woman, boy, she must have missed, <laughs> I know she has a PhD probably, but doesn't sound like she graduated from the third or fourth grade. If you, if you don't get your voice easily voiced and voiced and voiced and voiced, we will often ask you to hold off on your questions or comments to give others priority, and we'll come back to you a bit later or at another time. You know, if you're one of those awful whiteies who is so privileged that when you pay to go to a university, your teacher refuses to call on you because she hates you because of the color of your skin, because of how privileged you are, you know, uh, you're going to have to sit there quietly while other people talk. You know, other people who can't talk. And this kind of, this is sort of offensive to black people, right? And other non, I guess, Hispanic people, Asian people. If you're, if you're a woman, if you're a black person, if you're shy and quiet, if you don't know how to speak, 
If you, you just can't use your mouth. You know it doesn't work. You don't know what your larynx does. You don't know how to use your vocal cords. You know, unlike those white people who can speak because they're able to do things, but you're not because of the color of your skin or in this case your sex or because you're shy and quiet. Uh, we're going we're gonna to have you speak. What we're seeing here is exactly the same thing we're seeing up in Canada. It's, it's, it's the trucker issue replicated at the university campus, which is the crystal ball of where your society is going. It's friend versus enemy. What this teacher is saying is, I don't like white people. White people are my enemy. I think they're bad. I think they need to be taken down a few notches. I don't want them to get as good an education as the other students. I guess unless they're white women, right? Because she, she says that all women are going to be called on. So I guess the white women, it's really just white men. I hate white men and I don't want them to get a good education. So I'm going to give much more of my attention to all the non-white men in the class because I like them because they're my friends and the white men are my enemy and I hate them. There's no arguing out of this. I mean, we, we joke about the illogic of this, but it's, she doesn't care. This woman's not basing any of this on logic. It's just, it's pretty simple. She just doesn't like white guys. Okay. And so what's the answer to that? The answer to that is to fire the professor and make sure she never works at a college again. It's not even, the the university hasn't even really slapped her on the wrist. When there was an outcry over this policy, the university gave some blah, 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 BS boilerplate answer about how all the professors follow the rules and it's good and they they educate people and, but they didn't address the issue directly. Well, here's the issue. This teacher hates some of her students on the basis of race and sex, I guess, and she should be fired and she shouldn't work again. We need some cancel culture, folks. I wish, I wish we lived in a time when politics could be gentlemanly, elevated, sophisticated, when we could have much more rational discussions. Politics always involves a little bit of brute force, but there are times when it's much more rational and civilized than others. And we're in one of the others right now, okay? We're, we're in one of the times where there's very little civility, very little reason in politics. And so what we need to do is just fire these bad people and take them out of positions of power. The educational institutions are, are at the forefront of the revolution, as they have been for 50 years. The Austin Public Library in Texas is now not only offering spring break sex ed camp for free for little teenagers to teach them about a bunch of creepy sex stuff, they're actually, they're actually paying the teenagers to go to the sex ed camp. They're going to pay you to go learn about lots of weird, creepy stuff. Why? Well, what you hear from, from the program is get paid to learn about sex ed. You'll, you'll learn about gender pronouns, gender identity. When you sign up, you can say, are you male, female, transgender? Maybe you don't identify this program. The Austin Healthy Adolescent Program is a progressive program that envisions a generation of liberated youth and young adults who are valued participants in achieving health equity. It's like progressive stacking, health equity. We're getting a lot of liberal slogans that don't, don't seem to mean very much right now. This program, by the way, funded by your taxpayer dollars, funded by the Department of Health and Human Services. This actually clarified my thoughts on why comprehensive sex education is so bad. I don't know. I grew up in a pretty liberal place. We had comprehensive sex ed when I was a kid. Wasn't nearly as comprehensive as it is today. We didn't talk about transgenderism. We didn't talk about lots of the things that are taught in these classes, but it was still, you know, fairly, fairly comprehensive. And there wasn't much of an outcry where I lived because I grew up in a very liberal place. But I remember at the time there were huge debates over comprehensive sex education. And I thought, what's the big deal? Why are these conservatives so upset about it? The reason it's a big deal is because it's not just about biology. It's not just about science. No education is just about biology and science. When you're teaching something like sex, you are inevitably also teaching something about morality and ethics and politics. It is, it is not possible. When you teach a child what sex is, you must teach them what sex is for. 
So you can, as people used to do, say, okay, so when a mommy and a daddy love each other very much, you know, when the birds and the bees start to uh, get a little frisky, is that how it happens? I don't know. The, uh, what happens is a, a husband and a wife will get together and do this thing, and that's how babies are made. And that teaches you that sex is for procreation. It's for men and women to get together in an institution called marriage, and then and only then should they have sex, and they should do so with the openness to life to create a new generation. That's not what sex ed is today. Sex ed today is that sex is what you do when you want to feel pleasure. And it doesn't matter if it's a man and a woman who love each other very much. Frankly, it doesn't matter if it's a man and a man or a woman or a woman who love each other very much. The love, that doesn't, that's not a big deal. It can be a man and a woman. It can be two dudes and a goat. It can be whatever kind of arrangement you want. That's fine. And you should always use contraception. Contraception is really good and really important. And yeah, it's true. Certain groups like, you know, the Christians and, uh, you know, other old timey religious groups, they don't like contraception, but that's okay. We, what we're teaching now is contraception's really good. If you do get pregnant, if you do get that horrible disease called pregnancy from, from sex, that's okay. You can have an abortion. Abortion is good. It's just safe health care. There's nothing wrong with abortion. And if you, by the way, if you're a man and you think you're a woman, that's totally natural and good and normal, and you should mutilate your body. That's what, that's what sex education is. It is a moral education. It's a religious education. It has to be. It, that's, this is true of all education, but especially when we're talking about sex, something so fundamental to our human nature. You can't just talk about what the thing is and divorce that from what the thing is for what the thing means, what the significance is of the act. And this is why they're paying kids to do it. They're paying kids to do it because they have the state, the political radicals have a a deep interest in indoctrinating you into the ruling ideology. And it appears, it appears to be working. They just do it. And, and we, we can try to say, no, this is a bad idea. Let's defund it. But it doesn't matter because our voices are drowned out. We don't, we just don't have a ton of institutional power. And the smartest thing that the left can do here is just ignore us. Sometimes the left goes after us and makes a boogeyman out of us, but the smarter move is to ignore us. You're seeing this on CNN right now. So for a long time on CNN during the reign of Jeff Zucker and all of the other creepy sex people who used to run that network, who probably still do, but they kicked out a bunch of them when they got caught. During Jeff Zucker's reign, CNN would talk about Fox News all the time. Fox News this, Fox News that. Now, since Zucker left, he only left a couple of weeks ago, the the mentions, the on-air mentions of Fox News have dropped from 100 mentions per week to just 34 mentions per week. So this was obviously a political decision in the C-suite over at CNN, told the hosts, stop publicizing Fox. Why? Because they know an important political rule. Do not publicize your enemy. The only thing worse than being talked about is not being talked about. Okay. This is the old conventional wisdom. And you can see this with Donald Trump. Donald Trump was the fringe candidate. Everyone made fun. Trump wasn't going anywhere, right? But everyone kept talking about Trump. Everybody, his enemies couldn't stop talking about him. Even his friends couldn't stop talking about him. They talked about Trump and they made memes about Trump and he spread throughout the culture and then he became president. Vladimir Putin, actually. You remember Vladimir Putin said, there's no question Trump is the strongest candidate right now in the presidential race. And people laughed at Putin. But Putin, look, he's a good politician. The guy's been in power for 20 years, more than 20 years. He knows good politics when he sees it. Everyone was talking about Trump. This is what CNN has pivoted on. They say, okay, we're not going to talk about our enemies anymore. All right, that's, pro- that's probably something that's a return to normal politics. The only other strategy is to, if you have to talk about your opponent, only do so to marginalize them, to censor them, to ostracize them. That's what they're doing in Canada right now. There's a member of parliament in Canada who is insisting that the phrase honk honk, it's a phrase of support for the Canadian truckers. The phrase honk honk, you know, it's real, it's an acronym, right? It's honk honk, it's H-H. Do you know what honk honk really means? Do you know what the dog whistle really means? Heil Hitler is what it means. I, like many Canadians, were shocked to see Nazi flags, Confederate flags, dismayed and angry and hurt, horribly hurt. So how many Nazi flags does it take 
How many donors from the Capitol riots, it's 1,100 and counting, who have donated to these illegal blockades? How many guns need to be seized? How much vitriol do we have to see of Hong Kong, which is an acronym for Hail Hitler, do we need to see by these protesters on social media? How much, how many times do we have to see clear indicators that what is out there is not about the hard two years that every Canadian has suffered? The indications are so clear. They're so, did you, honk, honk. That sort of rhymes with Mein Kampf. Coincidence? Do you know some of these truckers? In, there were videos of them in their trucks drinking water. You know who else drank water? You guessed it. Adolf Hitler. That's who. How much longer will we tolerate this and not lock them up in prison and take all their property and ruin their lives and suspend the rule of law? Because they're Nazis, you see. <laughs> is, that, is that so? Uh, the Canadians are using this to great political effect. It worked, right? They sent the, they sent the truckers away. However, if, if we want to understand what is actually going on in the political situation, we need to remember not everything is Hitler. Not every political moment is the 1930s in Germany. Not every political opponent is a Nazi. This lack of historical understanding is why we're getting our lunch eaten right now by Vladimir Putin. But furthermore, the domestic agenda that these radicals are pushing to call their political opponents here in the States Nazis, to take away their property, to completely ostracize them, to shut them up, to upend the rule of law, to say that the entire founding of these countries, the development of our own civilization is evil and terrible from within. That is probably at a deeper level why we're having our lunch eaten by our enemies right now. We need unity. We need clarity. We need conviction. Well, the left has spent 50 years destroying all three of those things in the United States. Is it any wonder that our enemies have taken note? I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. And hair and makeup by Cherokee Hart. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022. Today on the Matt Wall Show, the Biden administration has said that American families will have to bear the cost of defending Ukraine against Russia. Why should we have to bear that cost? Because we have to defend our values overseas, they say. But whose values and what values? We'll talk about all that today. Also, the Supreme Court will decide whether a web designer has the right to refuse to make wedding announcements for a same-sex wedding. And the sponsors of that so-called Don't Say Gay bill in Florida have started to buckle under left-wing pressure, unfortunately. Plus another UFO sighting proving once again definitively that aliens walk among us. And our daily cancellation will deal with the unintentionally hilarious efforts of the Women's March to turn student debt into a women's rights issue. All of that and more today on The Matt Walsh Show. <laughs>